everyone. This is Pam at the Paper Outpost, and this is the Paper Outpost podcast. Welcome. Welcome, everybody. This is the Joy of Junk Journals. And settle back, relax, kick your shoes off, or put your shoes on, depending on what you're doing. Maybe you're walking the dog, or doing some laundry, or cooking up a big stew for dinner. But hope you're having fun listening. Grab a cup of tea or your, your favorite drink and settle down and let's relax and have some junk journal chat. Today's topic is going to be how many is too many or how many are too many junk journals? Can you have too many? Can you have just the right amount? Can you have not enough? Is that possible? Maybe you're in the camp of, hey, I've just got one I'm just, or I'm just working on one and that's all I have. And uh, that's totally awesome. Or maybe you haven't even made one yet and you're just in the land of contemplation. Oh, I would love to make a junk journal. It seems so exciting and I have so many ideas and I just can't wait to get started, but I haven't quite done anything yet and I'm just immersing myself in the pleasure of just watching others make it and you know, I'm dreaming about the one day where I'm going to make it. Well, all these possibilities exist, but I'd certainly like to discuss with you how many can be too many? And um, is that a reality? Does that actually exist? <clears throat> In my own personal journey here, I felt like I faced that at one point. I was cranking out these little junk journal puppies like there was no tomorrow. I had, I felt such great joy and great satisfaction from making books. It's almost hard to describe. I don't know. There was just something very earthy and and worldly and and I don't know it was just a joy to make books and so I did I made many books Uh, to date I think I've made uh, definitely over 300 books and uh, it was that's quite a few books and if any of you know uh, or have or made junk journals uh, you can see that they actually do take up a lot of space so space can become an issue Uh, but to make a long story short my junk journals as I created them uh, originally went to family and I figured I was that was the softball approach I took uh, they were easy victims I could give them uh, to my family and I pretty much was guaranteed a at least a, a mild squirrely look to oh that's nice dear thank you and uh, I could feel good about that and that just made me feel uh, awesome uh, the first one I gave away was a wedding gift actually I made it for a, a young couple in our family and uh, it was wonderful and uh, they were tickled pink and they gave me a lot of positive feedback and uh, that didn't uh, get me a little more excited so you know off of course I went and made a a bunch more but uh, eventually um, you know family uh, route for delivery was saturated Um, anybody who had a heartbeat got one in my family pretty much that's how it went and uh, you just had to fog a mirror you got a junk journal and uh, then I learned it was important to stick in the little note of what on earth a junk journal was and how it could be used and just explaining a little bit about it because sometimes in the actual transaction where you're handing it to them and maybe it's a birthday and there's a lot of noise and kerfuffle around may not be the the most opportune time to explain exactly what the junk journal is (laughs) Um, even though they had this amazing treasure in their hand and they just didn't know what it was yet but uh, uh, that was okay. So um, I definitely uh, um, gave it to every living, breathing family member. And once that was saturated, I went on to uh, friends. Friends were the next logical step, right? <clears throat> so every friend that I could find, you know, they were you know, starting, some of the, not everybody knew I made junk journals. Um, 
I uh, wasn't even quite sure what I was doing or, or anything like that in the beginning. I knew I was just making books and I thought it was fun and I thought, gee, maybe somebody might get a kick out of this. I used to go to a lot of craft shows and I love to see other people make things and, uh, you know, I thought, oh, the people might appreciate something like this. So off it went to friends and <clears throat> I would say friends gave me uh, probably a little bit higher on the squirrely, the squirrely face uh, monitor tracker went a little higher but um, they were all very courteous and they accepted it and uh, you know they probably took it home and thought to themselves what on earth am I going to do with this but I never saw that part because it was shielded from me I was very safe and it was wonderful so I think that was fabulous then um, those were saturated so then I just kept making them because I really love to make them and I was having fun and lots of reckless abandon going on and papers were flying and glue was everywhere and there were scraps all all over the place and I was it was just a fabulous time so um I bought a set of bookshelves and I put them in my craft room and I thought okay well I'll I'll start storing them on my bookshelves and I'll save my super favorites so I did I started saving my super favorites that taught me how to maybe do certain skills or they they cataloged my learning process. Basically, my first set of junk journals were what I call the crappy phase. They were really uh, poorly made, uh, fell apart, all uneven and... But those were the ones I really learned something from because every time something went wrong, I asked myself, okay, how how could I do this better next time? What could I do? What step could I take that would make it just a smidge better? So as I proceeded through my evolution of learning uh, little tips and tricks and tweaks and uh, all sorts of things like that to make my junk journals better, I started to amass this collection. And my soon, very soon, my bookshelf from top to bottom, uh, it was uh, taller than me, uh, was full. And uh, so then I had the dilemma, okay, now what am I going to do? It's either craft supplies or done journals. Something has to get moved out of here because I was still running around town, grabbing every uh, scrap piece of paper I could find and dragging it home, wrestling it down and and convincing it it needed to be in one of my junk journals. And uh, so I decided, well, maybe I need to transplant my uh, storage of junk journals. And I had an upper shelf in my bedroom closet that was empty. And it was a big upper shelf, and I thought, well, this would be a lovely place to store them because at least I can remove them out of my craft room, and that way I can get a lot more craft supplies. Uh, Danger, danger, danger alert, not realizing that at the time. So I took all my journals, and I loaded them up into my bedroom closet upper shelf, and there they sat. And I remember looking at them, and I thought, hmm, nobody's ever going to see them here. They're just going to collect dust. This doesn't feel right, but it's a temporary solution, so... There, there you go. So then as things evolved a little longer, I kept making the junk journals, kept making the junk journals, still had a little more room up there, but I just felt sad that I really couldn't share them with anybody. If somebody came over, they were all tucked away and it would be a big ordeal to get the step stool out and all that kind of thing to get them down. <clears throat> so I had this, what I thought was a brilliant idea to transplant them all over into my living room. I have this uh, old Indian um, trunk that is uh, empty on the inside as a coffee table. And I thought, well, let me put my junk journals there because that way when somebody comes over, I can, you know, uh, say uh, very easily, hey, uh, you you know, totally impromptu here. Hey, by the way, would you like to see one of the books that I make? And and of course I have a captive trapped audience and they're going to say, yeah, sure, why not? And uh, 
So it's like pulling out the, uh, the home movies. <laughs> so, uh, uh, so I opened up the trunk and of course there was the gasp, but there was like, Oh my God, that's like a lot of books. And then the look was, you're not going to actually make me look through every one of those, are you? Um, but I, you know, let them, uh, be rested, uh, that I was only going to, uh, you know, pull out one, maybe two just to show them uh, what I was doing. But, uh, then I thought, you know, still this was a space uh, limiting issue because I could only put so many in the trunk and the trunk was full, frankly. So um, that's basically when I had to come to terms with maybe I had too many. And uh, so then I started seeking the obvious places to distribute them where many of us go. I think first I started with... Um, uh, giving them to places that were doing charities that were doing silent auctions. And, uh, it was kind of a way for me to test what the value of these were or what the, uh, market would bear on these. So I gave them to some silent auctions and I asked the people, you know, what they sold for and that, and that kind of gave me a base mark as to what the the market would bear. And, uh, if there was a, a market at all, and that gave me a little courage to say to myself, well, um, I just took a chance actually with the first one I did, I said, I put, I had no idea, honestly. So I just, I, I put $125 on it and I said, uh, um, you know, that's what I thought it was worth, you know, time wise, stuff wise, all that kind of stuff. And I thought, okay, I'm just gonna put it out there and see what happens. Well, um, it, some, it got bid up and it was sold and I thought, huh, okay, well that's interesting. So, um, with that, I thought that gave me a little bit more courage to go out and, uh, sell my journals and with a little prodding from my husband going, you need to do something with these, honey. I love you. I love your craft, but you need to do something with these because there's getting to be a lot of them around here. And it made sense. It made logical sense. I mean, you know, I, I get that. And, uh, but then I thought, you know, um, the logical place I went to was Etsy because everybody does an Etsy store apparently. And I had to go figure all that out. So on they went to Etsy. And then I thought nobody's ever going to find me. Um, so now it's time to start the YouTube channel so that somebody can find the Etsy store. And, uh, uh, basically that was the avenue that everything followed in the initial part of it. So my how many, honestly, was probably around the 300 mark. I think that how many, that number is different for everybody. Not everybody's going to make 300 journals. I know that. Um, people don't want to make 300 journals. Maybe you just want to make one journal and that's all you want to make and that's fine. Or maybe you make a lot of little journals and you just love making little journals or big journals and you love the big tomes. doesn't matter. It's whatever feels right to you. I hit my magic number and then I decided because of a space issue, I needed to do something about it. And then as evolution happened, um, I started to uh, put my journals out there and uh, on YouTube and um, that helped the Etsy store grow, got a little bit more exposure. And um, um, so, and some journals, it did, they didn't sell right away, mind you, there was no magic uh, potion here. This took a little while and um, you know, I was busy doing life, going here, going there, doing all my errands, um, doing all my other jobs and things like that. And uh, I was very busy and then one day the cha-ching happened and of course I almost fell off the chair when that happened. That was probably two months into starting the whole YouTube Etsy thing. Nothing happened for a long time. But uh, this became a way for me to go ahead and um, release my babies to the universe and also it gave me more space so that I could craft more and then gave me a little bit of extra money so that I could go and buy some more supplies, which I really didn't need, but I, I thought I did. Okay. So 
there I was, there my magic number was hit and uh, the tipping point was made and off I went. Now, since then, a lot of journals have been donated to women's shelters and um, all sorts of local groups and churches and charities, uh, nursing homes, uh, assisted living facilities, things like that. And um, um, that felt good too. That was a great uh, place to uh, distribute junk journals. It's, it's, you don't have to sell them. There's nothing in the, there is no rule book, number one. And if the rule book was there, it would not say you have to sell your junk journals. And it would also say, there's no rule, uh, you know, regarding how many junk journals it's okay to make. I mean, would you, would you say to a bookmaker, you can only make, you know, 2000 books. And after that, you must stop because there are just too many books in the world. I don't think there's too many books in the world. I like adding more books to the world. Hey, I'm one of the ones most guilty of taking books away from the world because I like to get them and recreate with them and play with them and uh, that type of thing. So uh, I feel kind of good about adding a few ba- books back into the world. Actually, I think that um, learning how to make a book is such a cornerstone. It's such a great life skill. Everybody should learn how to make a book at least once in their life and try to make a book and have the experience of making a book. Um, I think it's a great thing. It's, it's, it's one of those things that's not taught in school regularly. It's, it's like finances. You know, it's something that they just completely forgot to put on the roster, but is very important. So making a book is a good thing, I think, for everybody to at least attempt one time in their life. So uh, that is, the, I think, the magic answer is you just have to listen to your own soul, your own spirit. And I would not let space or supplies or uh, anybody's opinion throw you off of your joy. If you're experiencing joy making books, you just find a place to uh, uh, put them. <laughs> and whether you give them away, you donate them, you gift them, you sell them, doesn't matter. But if the process of making the book actually uh, you experience happiness, makes you happy, you feel blissful, and, and this is a, a, a healthy, positive quality uh, that is uh, shining through into your life, inject more of that. I mean, there's no reason to hold back. If you really uh, find it joyful, do it. The books will find homes. They will find homes. There are people who really want and enjoy junk journals and they love to leaf through them and look at them and write notes in them and journal in them and they can be made a thousand and one ways to Sunday. So uh, you can do themed journals and things like that. So you can tailor them to different, different, uh, you know, uh, different types of people, different types of uh, interests and desires and cultures and, and uh, hobbies and crafts and interests. It, it's just, uh, you're, if you start thinking about it, there, there are places that your books can go and they can, they can do good. Your books can do good and bring joy as well. Um, if you're not really having fun making books and making journals, then yeah, don't make so many. Goodness gracious. Uh, I would expect there's, there is learning curve. There's a learning curve that I think most of us go through uh, to kind of tweak our own little uh, way of making a book or a journal. And you'll find your favorite way. I suggest watch everybody's videos. Watch, uh, uh, listen to everybody, all their tips and tricks because something will click for you, for you personally. And then you'll say, oh, I love this way of making a journal. This is what I've been looking for. Here is the, maybe you like the intricate, intricate and the complicated um, and uh, uh, 
you know, uh, techniques of making a journal. Well, go for that. You know, definitely uh, explore that and have um, tons of fun doing that. If you like the easier way, uh, a simple way of making a journal, explore that. Have fun of the, with that. There are as many different ways to make a journal as there are teachers. And I would say 99% of the teachers are not even online or on YouTube. Many of them are just sitting in your towns in their houses or in their apartments making junk journals quietly. Nobody may know that they make junk journals, but they are just creating these beautiful books. So I would say keep your eyes open. You know, uh, ask around. Ask around at uh, when you go to the coffee shop or at church or uh, check out the local craft fairs. Uh, that's a great place to uh, find out. Uh, who's making junk journals in your town. Maybe they'd like to share some tips or secrets or, or ways that uh, you can maybe find it to be more fun making your junk journals. I would highly recommend that. I would also um, also recommend <clears throat> checking out, you may have local shops. We have a couple local shops here, uh, uh, paper shops. They're kind of mom and pop shops and they, they have gatherings in the mornings and afternoons where people just cluster together and uh, make paper crafts, make junk journals, make altered books, do all sorts of fun things. And that's a great way to get to know the people in your town that have a common interest. Or maybe you could start a group. Maybe you could start it, um, let people know on Craigslist or Facebook that you're starting a little local chapter of a junk journal um, a creation group and you just want to get together and share ideas. It doesn't have to be hard. It, it can be fun. It can be inspiring. And you get together with like-minded folks and just have a grand old time. So don't let uh, space uh, limit you if you do truly find joy when you make your junk journals. Just uh, find happy places for your junk journals to go if you can bear letting them go. And number two, just make sure you really enjoy the process. Have fun with it. You got, you got to be able to let go of the need to have every little thing perfect and just release yourself and you'll find your bliss and you'll find your joy. Uh, you can be as uh, accurate and perfect as you wish and this is your journey and only you can decide what works best for you. So remember there are no hard rules, there are no laws and there are no junk journal police. Just go out there, have fun, share your ideas and share your tips. It's a very happy world, a very happy community in the junk journal world and uh, just have some fun. So I'm so happy that you sat down or you walked or you, you cooked or you baked or you did the laundry together uh, with me today. I love hanging out with you. This is so much fun for me. I could talk about junk journals till the cows come home. I'm always thinking about them. I'm always folding the paper in my mind at night as I'm falling asleep. What else can we do with this paper? There must be something else. We are only limited by our imaginations. Uh, remember that fun can be simple and create with reckless abandon. Have fun and, you know, come on and check us out at the YouTube channel, The Paper Outpost. And uh, come on and check out our Facebook group. We're having a lot of fun over there. It's an open and friendly group. All, all you do is join and then we do some fun weekly and monthly challenges. They're not mandatory. You're more than welcome just to lurk and explore, but people are really communicating and sharing tips and ideas. And if you know you have a hard time getting out of the house or something, this is a, w a wonderful way to connect with a very positive and supportive community. And uh, we try and focus 
keep the focus on creating, 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 creating. So uh, uh, thinking about creating qualifies as creating in my books. So uh, as if your mind is uh, percolating on something and you're having happy thoughts about it, then that's all that really matters. So take care, everyone. Come check me out on Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, LinkedIn, all those fun places. All the links are below. All my videos in my YouTube, uh, on, on my YouTube channel, in my videos. And I will be talking to you soon. Bye-bye.